0: Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans.
1: Hi, my name is Dr. Eric Griggs. Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk to you about what you need to know about COVID-19.
0: You can find more information about this show and our daily live show that airs at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. So let's talk about something that's been kind of confusing lately, and that's been asymptomatic transmission. So one of the things we want to discuss today that's been in the news has been about the World Health Organization that claimed that asymptomatic spread is quote-unquote rare. Dr. Griggs, tell us a little something about what happened this
1: week. So after a statement was made to this effect in an interview this week, newspapers around the world jumped on the headline. This has led to discussions of whether or not people without symptoms need to social distance or wear masks, or quite frankly, they want to know, can I hug my grandma?
0: Yeah, Dr. Higgs, you're right.
1: Now, honestly, this whole thing
0: is a lot. So let's break it down a little bit. First, let's start by defining the term asymptomatic. And this is something you have me do all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the most basic definition means not experiencing symptoms. However, this definition being used in the statement by the WHO official does not include people who are pre-symptomatic or not experiencing symptoms yet, or people with mild disease who may have symptoms, but so minor, they do not realize
1: that they have COVID-19. So what you're saying is that right off the bat, we see that even if someone does not experience obvious symptoms, they could still be spreading the virus? Exactly. Exactly. Now, secondly, what she was saying in that interview was that no results
0: have been published that demonstrate specific cases of asymptomatic spread and the contact tracing being done by the WHO has not turned up any confirmed examples of spread through COVID positive, but fully asymptomatic individuals. Her conclusion was that asymptomatic transmission is rare, but epidemiologists and other infectious diseases specialists don't necessarily agree with that interpretation. I, too, would like to also add that there are several studies that do document asymptomatic transmission, so I'm not exactly sure where there was some uh, confusion there.
1: Yeah, Doc, uh, I'm a little confused, too. Epidemiologists are actually predicting that asymptomatic spread does result in the spread of the virus, even if it's not at the same rate of spread through symptomatic people. Estimates currently vary widely about what percent of spread comes from asymptomatic individuals ranging from 2.2% to 45%. While we aren't sure where in this range the true answer will fall, it's way too early to brush off the idea that asymptomatic spread is problematic. No, it is problematic. I agree with you. And
0: going back to what you said about comparing asymptomatic and symptomatic transmission, of course, symptomatic individuals are more likely to spread the SARS-CoV-2 virus more than somebody not experiencing symptoms. So let's think about it. Doc Riggs, we know. How does a virus spread? Through droplets. Exactly. Through droplets. So, if someone has one of the primary symptoms of COVID, which is coughing, they are more likely to transmit the virus than
1: someone not experiencing symptoms at all. Boom. And there you have it. Today, the World Health Organization has clarified the statement, saying that we still don't know on a population level how much spread we'll see from asymptomatic individuals. To sum all of this up, we don't think that the headlines pulled from this interview do the subtleties of the situation justice. People without COVID symptoms can spread the virus, whether they're pre-symptomatic, experiencing mild symptoms, or even probably when they're completely asymptomatic. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Data reporting. One of the big difficulties we've had in the U.S. is getting an accurate count of the number of cases of COVID-19. In addition to having some large amount of asymptomatic carriers, We also don't know how many people actually experienced symptoms and even died of COVID-19. While states are on the same page when it comes to reporting confirmed cases, with regards to presumed cases, states have a lot of leeway and they vary widely. So that we're all on the same page, what is a presumed case? This is when people experience symptoms that seem pretty suggestive of the virus, as well as having contact with someone with a confirmed case but were not tested. For example, one of our writers was directly exposed to a COVID positive patient before we had widely available testing in New Orleans. Less than a week later, she started having symptoms, but her symptoms were not severe enough to warrant testing because the tests at the time were reserved for more serious cases. Right now, more than around half of states are not following federal recommendations for reporting presumed cases. Some states are gathering the information but not reporting it to the CDC. Others are reporting the data to the CDC but are not reporting it to the public. In addition to controversy about collecting and reporting presumed positive COVID cases, there's also been news this week about reporting demographic data along with COVID test results. The Trump administration published new guidelines last Thursday requiring the reporting of demographic data. Without this data, it's hard to pinpoint the exact extent and causes of COVID-19 related health disparities affecting communities of color. Hopefully, moving forward, the CDC and states will be able to use this information to ensure adequate testing in under-resourced areas. Doc, we still got work to do.
0: Yes, we do. Now, tracking cases during a pandemic can be difficult, and without a uniform standard for representing this data, the information can be misleading to the public. All the states need to get onto the same page and do their best to honestly report both the number of confirmed positive cases as well as the presumed positive cases so people truly understand the scope of the pandemic. We also need to make sure that health disparity data is as available as clinical data so that state and federal governments can properly respond and provide resources to where they are needed most. There has been a lack of central coordinated response and I think this has been hurting us but I think we are making small steps forward. <music> Diet and physical activity during the COVID-19 lockdown. In response to the rapid transmission to COVID-19, France instituted one of the most strict and wide-ranging lockdowns. A group of French scientists decided to track the diet and physical activity habits of more than 37,000 French adults during this period. To do this, they asked participants to fill out a daily web-based questionnaire, which were sent out from April through May. These surveys tracked various nutritional behaviors, physical activity, and weight. Behaviors were then compared before and during the lockdown.
1: That's right. And as might be expected, there's an overall trend towards more unfavorable health behaviors during lockdown. We've all heard of the COVID-15, right? Well, the study found that 35% of participants gained weight, an average of four pounds. 53% of participants showed a decrease in physical activity. 63% increased sedentary time. And they also found increased snacking and a decreased consumption of fresh food products, especially fruit and fish. That being said, opposite trends were also observed. 23% of participants lost weight and 19% increased their physical activity. So what can we take away from this study, Doc?
0: You know, for me, the takeaway is that operating under a lockdown and even during the stages of reopening, it can be easier to let your health slip. But that's not a given. Your mantra for years, Doc, has been get checked get fit, get moving. And as you say all the time, it's just as important to remember now. Can you share some of those ideas to ensure our listeners come out of lockdown and move into reopening just as healthy as they went in, if not maybe even more so?
1: Absolutely. Let me give you three steps that almost anyone can do. Number one, Psychologists have shown that people are more successful at maintaining a healthy weight by cutting down on unhealthy foods rather than adding a new exercise routine to their schedule. So start here. Make a deal with yourself that you won't go to the grocery store hungry. Then when you shop, make healthy decisions as you fill your cart. It's easier to say no to a bag of potato chips, unless you're me sometimes, uh, when you're already full in the store rather than when you're hungry at home. Number two, start the day with a 30-minute workout. There are a myriad of websites and apps that provide direction if you're doing this at home, or alternatively, load your favorite music on your phone, or if you're our age, a Walkman. I'm talking about you, Doc, actually. And head out for a jog, or for you, Doc, a vigorous walk. If you feel your heart beating faster, it's working. Number three, keep a healthy sleep cycle. This is something that we don't think about. Aim for eight hours each night and try to sleep similar hours. While it's easy to shrug off exercise and healthy eating now, the choices you make continue to affect your health. In these times, it's more important than ever to be mindful of how you're treating your body. As we've said before, COVID-19 has a more difficult time attacking a healthy immune system. Get checked, get fit, get moving. Believe me, you'll feel happy and be proud of the effort that you made. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19.
0: You can find Doc Griggs at docgriggs Griggs One on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at Dr. Derry. You can follow Noise Filter at Noise Filter on social media and NoiseFilterShow.com.
1: Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Of course. Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc? Protect yourself and
0: others by staying home. And please wear masks whenever you go outside. Health is a human right.